Oh, welcome back to the second hour of Love Babs Love Talk. I am delighted to have Elsie Harrington, who is directing uh, Little Women at the Schwartzman Center over the next couple of weeks. Unmute yourself, Elsie. Let's get into this conversation. Hello. How are you? I'm so good. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you for coming. So are you a fan of the March Sisters? Like what, what drew you to this? <laughs> I am. I am. Um, I have... This is my first time directing something. Um, it's my oh, directorial wow. debut. Um, I've been more interested. I've been a performer on campus um, and a dramaturg and producer more um, previously, but I was always looking to put my foot in the door of directing. Um, I always sort of knew that it was something that I might be good at. Um, I'd done choreography. I'd done. I'd taught theater, um, and I was really interested in 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 working in that um, role, but. Uh, while I was trying to figure out how to like get my foot in the door of directing, I was really couldn't figure out the difference between um, when I was drawn to a play because I was like interested in being in it and when I was drawn to a play because I was wanting to direct it. Um, and then I found this adaptation of Little Woman and I was like, oh, that's the feeling. Um, and so I, you know, read the book as a child. I've always loved it. Um, got reinvigorated about the story <laughs> for the with the 2019 movie, and now um, it's just been a really wonderful experience to be able to um, have a try at this timeless story. I think it's a great idea because it's one of these stories that um, you know you can come at it from so many different angles. So did that did that excite you to sort of be like, you know, I know this story, I know this story. Let me, let me let me mess with it a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was really fun. It was very fun in rehearsals to work with the actors and be like, this is our version of this story. Um, and you can look to other versions for like inspiration, but really the text we're working with is not the novel or is not the movie. It's this script adaptation that has all the information that we need in it. And so it's been very fun to sort of find our own version of it that still has the same message. So Elsie, what is it about about Little Women that still intrigues us? Like, why are we still yeah. wanting to know about these March sisters? Yeah, I just, I think it's a universal experience and will always be of um, reaching adulthood and being like, oh God, um, what now? <laughs> um, and sort of feeling pulled in all directions by both like societal expectations and also by your own goals and trying to mesh those together. Um, and it's sort of a, an experience for young women that's never going to end. Um, and so there's a reason people keep getting roped into the book always every time they read it. So now in this modern day, you get to play around with casting. Tell me a little mm -hmm. bit about that. Yes. So it was very fun to cast um, our process. We have a production team of all non-men. And so we really wanted this um, process to be as accessible and as fun as possible. And so we advertise casting to the Yale community. Um, we're all undergraduates doing this. Um, and so we had over um, 60 people audition for the nine roles um, in the show. And we just really wanted to create a march family and a world of the play that matches the world of New Haven and the world of um, the audience that we're representing to, instead of being like as um, uh, just like as white as the March sisters <laughs> always have been. Because <laughs> they really could be anything, right? Yeah, because like, you know, everybody experiences this. No, oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay. So when you say adaptation, what does that mean? 
Yeah. So um, Kate Hamill is the playwright um, and she has a thing where she likes to adapt classic novels into plays um, that are still set in the times of their um, world. So they're not like modern adaptations, but the way that she writes the dialogue just makes it feel so like palpable and energizing and like current, even though it's still set 200 years ago. And so she's done Pride and Prejudice and Sense and Sensibility. I think she's done Dracula. Um, so this is her <laughs> Little Women. <laughs> All right. So when you step into the directing role, I mean, um, did you have to be like convinced to do it or did you say, <laughs> all right, I, I really want to do this. I want to I want to take this on. I was I was very excited about it. Um, I really wanted to to do it. It felt like the perfect um, first thing to direct because I'm so familiar with the story and with the world and the characters. Um, so I felt very prepared to take it on. Um, and I was just very excited because I had um, the people that were on the production team at the time were so wonderful and they were so good at their jobs. So I felt very supported and very excited. And then the um, undergraduate community showed out so much. Um, and so it's just been a really exciting process the whole time. All right. So so when you said you want to direct, did you have to convince them that you could do it? <laughs> <laughs> I did not. Um, I... <laughs> I've done some assistant directing on campus. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Yes. And so I've just been very active in on production teams in various roles. Um, and so I was very lucky that they just trusted me from the get-go. So 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 you're an actor. How how do you separate the acting part of yourself from the directing part? Like, do do you have to find yourself like, uh, okay, I understand this as an actor, <laughs> but as a director, this is what I need. Totally. Like, how do you how do you do this? Totally. It actually has been so, it's been very fun um, as a director to like inform the way that I think as an actor, sort of to be on the other side of the table of casting or of giving notes and things like that um, gave me a lot more perspective for next time I act in something. Um, But in terms of turning actor brain into director brain, um, I actually think that it's been very helpful to have all of that experience because when I need to give the actors notes of we need to connect with each other more or this bit's not working and I can't figure out how to like fix it. We sort of speak the same language of like character motivation and tactics and all that sort of thing. And so I think my experience in acting classes has um, really just given me a vocabulary to work with the actors and to know how to pinpoint um, what needs to be changed. So, so what's it like being a girl director? <laughs> <laughs> Super true. Um, I actually, I think I, um, because our whole team is girls, um, it's been great and it's felt very normal. Um, in the past, I've been an assistant director for one of the um, shows I was an assistant director for um, was to a, a male director. Um, and I did have some experiences of I would um, give some notes or tell him some certain things um, for him to pass to the actors. And then he would take all the credit um, for coming up with that idea or for um, like just using my phrasing um, and being like, this came from me. Um, <laughs> and that goes just, on in 2023. It still goes on in 2023. <laughs> so <laughs> this time it was just, it's been really lovely. And um, you know, the cast is like, there's six women to three men. Um, and then the whole production team is women. And so for this experience, it has felt really, really, um, I felt very supported and very listened to the whole time, which has been wonderful. And it just feels very empowering to get to do that on um, this story and then get to share that whole experience with campus. So, so 
So, you know, uh, as a girl director, and I hope you don't mind me calling you a girl. No, please. I, I kind of like, I kind of <laughs> like girl director. Um, um, uh, so how do you, how do you, how do you assert your own independence and, and, and whatever it is that we have to do as women to be heard and seen? Mm. Like it does, does directing help prepare you for, for the climate that we're in or, or do you feel like, oh my God, I can't believe we're still in this climate. Like, how do you, totally. how do you reconcile all of that, you know, coming at you? Cause I feel like you're a young woman and mm -hmm. I would imagine you thought, oh, that's all behind us. We made so, such great strides. Why, why am I dealing with this? <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think in terms of like, just keeping uh, directorial authority in the room um, and stuff like that is just, um, I really tried to to um, sort of give a justification for every note I'm giving. And that honestly is more um, for the benefit of the actors than it is for me. Um, I find, for example, like uh, they have been, there's a, a technique in acting where you're on your voice or you're off your voice. Um, and when you're in acting, you really need to be on your voice, which is when you're all the way connected to your breath. Um, and I could just tell them like, you need to be on your voice, you need to be on your voice. And then they just like, sort of like, are like, okay, uh, I'll do that, I guess. Um, but if I can really explain why and be like, you, we like we come off of our voice all the time in daily life. And so it makes sense that like on stage, when you want to be a real person, you're just like talking like you would in real life. But there's this whole, it's you and your scene partner on stage and then all of this audience. And if you're not on your voice, you're leaving all of the audience out completely. Um, and being able to, um, I think this is also where like the acting class language comes in, um, but being able to explain exactly why I need them to do the thing I'm telling them um, has made it a lot easier to make sure that that thing actually happens. Um, so that's been really, really great. And in terms of um, girl director in the broader world, um, after that, I think, I think because I've had such a, um, wonderful experience on this team um, and the response to it so far has been so phenomenal. Um, I think I've just had a very lucky experience to set me up for whatever next thing, because now I have that sort of, oh, you have a, you have a, you have a good show under your belt. Um, and it so, sort of sucks that I feel like I need to have to rely on, on having that um, to be respected. Um, but luckily it's been a, a good experience of getting that. I was going to ask you, does this set you up for the next, for the next production, regardless totally. of size? Like, do and and are you willing to sort of like, okay, I know I'm an actor, but yeah. directing is a whole other animal. Do I really want to be an actor and a director? Totally. Yeah, I don't know exactly what comes next. Um, I'm going. I'm actually going abroad next semester for <laughs> acting. Um, <laughs> but I. I feel very, I really, really loved this whole process of directing. And so I know that I need to do it again. Um, but I'm just, I don't know what. You what know, everybody that when. I've seen who who has directed from um, uh, from some of the, the, you know, some of the great, you know, the women that we know out there who are directing big films and stuff, mm -hmm. you know, once they get hit with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's been coming for a long time. I want, yeah. everything. I want every. I want to run everything. <laughs> 
move over, Martin Scorsese. I'm here. I want to, I want to do everything. So, yeah. All right. So, where are you going abroad? At where are you going to go study? Um, I'm studying at the British American Drama Academy in London. Oh boy, um, that's a big yeah. deal. Big deal. Yeah. All right. Don't <laughs> let them fun. push you around. I don't care if they got fancy <laughs> accents. <laughs> I won't. All right. So, so you got this production of Little Women. And you're the director. What what are all the moving parts that you have to concern yourself with? Not just the actors, but you got to worry about the lights and the sound and where the audience is. And yeah. I mean, I'm just imagining. You tell yes. me. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, luckily, the production team is so, every person is so on top of their role. And so the really fun thing has been... Um, like coming up with a vision at the start of the process of we're really interested in telling the story set in its time, but not super caring about like the specific details of the feather would be on this side of the hat in 1861, not this side. <laughs> we're more interested in like, oh, this is old, <laughs> old fashioned. Um, but we're also, there's a vision of, um, there are a lot of handmade crafts in the show and puppets and string lights and sort of creating your own future as you go um, in addition to this historical setting. And so it was very fun to um, sort of be able as a director to come up with that vision at the beginning and be like, this is sort of what I'm interested in. And then all of the designers took that in their own strides and um, just like took it so many levels above that. Um, and so it's been extremely fun to see what they come up with. And um, we just like to go from just running it in a bare room and being like, oh yeah, this is the show to adding in all of those tech elements and being like, oh yeah, this is the world um, has been really, really fun. Um, in terms of all the moving parts, um, the Schwarzman Center has been so helpful and so supportive in um, moving all of them around. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the the space we're in is the dome and it's really, really gorgeous. That and dome it's, is gorgeous. It's so cool. I mean, yeah. I could, you could do anything in there. <laughs> I know. It's so cool. Um, sort of technicality challenges of the dome is that like we couldn't um, get a piano in there. And so how do we, oh, there's like okay. two pianos in the show. And so we're using a keyboard <laughs> and then imagining for the other one and things like that. Um, there's no backstage. And so we set up the audience in the aisles in such a way that works along with um, a creative vision of all of the audiences involved. So all the actors go through the audience or right around the audience to enter every time because there's no just like backstage for them to go to. But I really prefer it that way um, because it feels so like immersive because of that. Um, and then just like another technical challenge is that it's there's no um, raked stage or raked audience, um, sort of in a normal theater, the stage is raised or the audience slants so that you can always okay. see everything. Um, just a flat floor <laughs> in the dome. <laughs> and so it's just been, it's been interesting to contend with how do we make sure that everyone can see everything, um, even when they're all just like sitting right behind each other the whole time. Um, and so that's sort of an example of thinking, um, like I don't just get to think of of the fun little acting details. Half of my notes last night at our final dress rehearsal were, um, you know, don't stand right in front of each other so that they can see you. Um, <laughs> just like all the little technical things to be thinking about all at once. But the uh, the team is all on top of their own things, and it's just been really cool. I mean, I, I you know, you bring up a good point about even though the dome is fantastic, it's mm -hmm. an unusual space for certain kinds of production but yet that seems to be trending uh in the theater world where people are putting on theater 
in places that are unconventional or not what we consider theater-esque, right? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, does, does that, does that help you in thinking about future productions? Does that help you thinking as an actor, like I can act in any space or I can produce in any space? Absolutely. Yeah. I really love thinking about like stage shapes. I think that um, half the time theater can be so much more interesting when it's not in proscenium style, which is like the classic there in a um, audience goes back and then there's a big arch and then there's the thing um, <laughs> <laughs> because it can sort of make the the whole play feels separate or like you're watching it on a TV screen when sort of the, the very fun thing about theater is that they're right there with you. And I really love playing spaces that um, really emphasize that. Um, and it's also sort of fun to think about um, how the shape of the space you play in affects the audience. Um, I, <laughs> I did a, a class last two summers ago in um, London through Yale and we saw a bunch of theater and one of the, plays we saw was um we saw straight line crazy which the lead of it was ray fines who was the guy who played Voldemort. um and so it was gorgeous. this like oh my god <laughs> i mean he for, my so age, for my age cohort elsie <laughs> not for your age cohort. <laughs> <laughs> but it was the it was the first play we saw on the trip and it was like a it was like a political powerhouse of a lead where it really depends on who the lead actor is and he was so good um and then a month later we saw another play which was called patriots um um, and it was equally like really depends on who the lead is, this political powerhouse actor. Um, and the stage for Patriots was set up in a in a thrust style. And so the front of it was jutting out and there were audience on three sides of it. And we were on one side and then on the other side in the audience was Ray Fiennes watching the play. <laughs> <laughs> and I just kept looking at him. <laughs> I was like, is he laughing at the jokes? Does he approve of this person acting in a similar role? Um, and it's just kind of, I think the the things you can do with um, the thrust stage and like the fact that with that, the actors can be closer to the audience on all sides and more audience members can be, be more involved in it is also you have to contend with who's going to be in your audience and are they going to be able to see each other um, and sort of are you prepared for that for your play? Um, it's just I really love non-traditional um, stages, stage shapes, and that's just an example of what can happen <laughs> with that's them. A good story. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, so are you, do you consider yourself a, a theater actor or would you go do TV and movies? <laughs> um, I, I've always been a theater actor. I would do TV and movies. I just never, never have. I grew up in the, at a community theater in Montana um, doing theater. So that's always okay. been what I, what I am. Because a, a lot of, uh, a, a lot of movie stars started out as theater actors. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and they're the good ones. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was just watching this whole thing on Barbara Streisand the other day, who I'm a huge, ridiculous fan of. You know, she's really ready to give up singing, right? Because, you know, she's mm -hmm. been doing it for like a gazillion years. Um, and she was talking about, you know, how the theater was the thing. Like you you cut your teeth on the theater. And then when mm -hmm. Hollywood called, you know, you it was a different style of method, right? You had to change method of, you know how you portray things because mm -hmm. cameras are tight and stage is big yeah yeah and not to not to say one is better than the other but I think that learning in the theater is it always sets actors up um for longer success because you have to work um in the chronological order of a story don't just jump around 
and film the beginning or film the end before the beginning um, and things like that. It's just really fun to to go on a whole arc right in front of an audience for mm -hmm. two hours. Now, did you always know you wanted to be an actor? <laughs> um, I did not. I always knew I wanted to do something in the theater um, because I was really lucky to have that that theater in my hometown. Um, and now, I still do you don't sing know. and dance? Do you sing I and do. dance too? Of course yes, you do. I do. <laughs> I'm in a, a jazz acapella group on campus. Oh, of course you are. Of course, yeah. of course. Also, so is that good training? Is that does that keep you in good voice? <clears throat> yes, yeah, it's very good. Very good practice. Okay. So so tell me a little bit about this adaptation of Little Women. Will 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 your age cohort appreciate this story? Will they like it? Will they recognize it? Will they know it? Yes, I, I really, really think so. Um, I think even beyond just like the fact that they would recognize any version of Little Women for what it is. Um, there are, Kate Hamill made a few small changes to the plot, um, which don't really affect the the grander story, but it's sort of every adaptation contends with, okay, do we have her marry the professor at the end? Or do we um, show the book burning or the slap or things like that? Um, and and I think that the way that she's arranged these events um, really keeps the heart of the story intact, but makes them a little bit more um, impactful to now. Um, for example, in in like the book of Little Women, um, Amy burns Joe's novel near the beginning um, when she's really mad that she can't go to the opera or to the, the theater with her and Lori. Um, and it's like a very clear example of, um, you know, sisters being mad at each other and doing things that they probably wouldn't do. Um, but in this version of Little Women, um, Amy doesn't burn the book until the very end. Um, wow. And it's it's really almost, I think I like it more um, because it is the final nail in the coffin of childhood is gone. Um, she burns the book and Joe is like, oh, those are all my stories. I can never do it again um, because oh. she's past that age. And so, yeah, so it keeps the the general shape and the impact of things that happen, but some things, the stakes are elevated because of that. Um, it, it, feels it, like, it. it feels like it feels like all the angst between them is building. Yeah. The book burning is like the final, you exactly. know, said, yeah. nail in the coffin rather yeah. than you see the book burning and then you have to like retrace. You have to go back and figure out exactly how she burned her sister's book. And then you start to see why. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, so I like, I kind of dig that. I do too. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's, it's very, um, I think that the, the response on campus has really shown that it is uh, impactful. We had our first audience last night for invited dress oh, and it was full. Oh, oh. Um, and it was very fun to watch the audience instead of the actors um, and see when what made them lean in. At the book burning scene, they all were like, oh, <laughs> like visibly. <laughs> um, so so and, how well do you work with with uh, as Kate Hamill? How mm -hmm. closely do you work with her? Like, do, do are y'all messing with the script as you're doing this? Do you say, oh, you know what? This doesn't work. Or, or she says, well, try it this way. You know what I mean? Like, how how what is that relationship like? Totally. So we actually don't have a relationship with Kate Hamill. She just, it's a play that's available for licensing that she wrote. And then we okay. just licensed it okay. and did it. Yeah. Um, and so the relationship is, thank you so much for thank your you. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that must be kind of fun too, to like license a piece of work. And then you're like, it's like a, a almost like a blank slate. 
Yes. Yeah. We could do whatever we wanted with it, except change any of the words. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So tell me how long do you know, do you happen to know the dates? How long is this run for? Yes. Um, it is just uh, tonight, Thursday through Saturday, November 9th through 11th at 730. Oh, wow. So yeah. all this work, how long have y'all been rehearsing? Um, since the beginning of September is when I, oh my were. gosh. And so you get yes. three nights. It's the, at the capstone is three nights and then, yes. and then you all go sleep for a long time. Yeah. Then something else loads into the Schwartzman center. <laughs> so, so, so what are you thinking about your next project? Are you think like, what do you, what do you get to do next? Totally. I'm not super sure what I'm going to do next. Um, directing wise, I'm in a, I'm in another musical, um, this semester on campus. Um, so that's what's next. I immediately go rehearse more for that, but, um, and what's that called? What's the name of that one? It's called the great Com Natasha Pierre and the great comet of 1812. It's, um, one of my friends in theater and performance studies, her senior thesis. Okay. Um, so that's that what's sounds next. pretty. I like the title. <laughs> yeah, it's based on um like a seventy page section of War and Peace. Oh my um, god! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, <laughs> just all that right. little chunk. <laughs> okay, it's, it, I guess when you when you when you're at Yale, you get to do the heavy stuff. Like you <laughs> yeah, <laughs> lots of book the... adaptations. <laughs> all right, so so I would imagine Elsie that the actors have to trust your judgment. Yes. And and help them shine in this production. Like, do you know what I mean? Like they have to feel like they trust you to direct them into uh, a brilliant performance. Is that accurate to say? I think that's very accurate to say. And we have all, a mix of all sorts of people. We have people who are very experienced in theater at Yale and who need um, a little less guidance. And we have people who are freshmen and it's their first ever show at Yale who also are killing it and don't even need that much guidance. But um, it's they we've got people from all from all walks of life in this um, production. And it has been really cool to um, sort of give them my judgment and have my thoughts on on what is going on in any given scene. But it's also been very cool to receive their ideas and their feedback um, and sort of be able to implement them because it's just felt collaborative the whole time and so I've been offering a lot of things and they take all the things but sometimes in the middle of a scene they're like oh what if what if we did this or what if we added this flower or this thing um and it's just been I'm always like yeah that is so smart um half the time I um I I'm, I'm kind of an annoying director in the sense that sometimes at rehearsal I am like let's just try the scene I have blocking written in my notes of like where I want them to go but I just want to see what happens um if we go by instinct and by where um does the emotion like prompt you to go um just try that just try that instinctually let's see what happens and I was like oh okay fine um and then half the time they go where I had written in my notes to go anyway um and so we're really speaking on the same page as each other and then half the time they go somewhere that's even better than what I had thought would have worked in my notes that's, um, that's pretty big of you as a director to acknowledge that <laughs> like, to yeah. like you know what I don't have all the answers I yeah. got some answers but I'm willing <laughs> to learn to too is, yeah. right all I have to do is know notice what works I don't have to be the one who comes up with it <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So, so where are you in your education? Are you graduating? Are you a sophomore? Where are you? I'm a junior a theater major. Okay. So you have a little more time here. Yes. Yeah. More yeah. productions. And so when are you <laughs> off to London? When are you off to, uh, to, to Europe? Uh, January for spring semester. Okay. And so, yes. but you've been there before. 
Yes. Yeah. The financial aid at Yale is, uh, yeah. So I did a a class there for like six weeks last um, summer. The financial aid at Yale is great where they would, there's a stipend to do summer travel and then it carries if you go for the semester. So it would have cost the same for me to do a a Yale semester next semester as a London semester. So I was like, of course I'm going to do a London semester. (laughs) (laughs) Like, listen, if this is what it is, I'm going. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, that must be fun because that gives you, that broadens your horizon, right? It broadens your experience as as uh, as an actor. And I think maybe uh, the way you look as a, you know, as a director too, because you, you're starting to learn how to mm-hmm. look at things differently, I think. Definitely. And I can go see all the, all the cool stuff happening there. Oh, I know. Right. Yeah. Oh, how are you going to keep up? How are you going to keep up? Because <laughs> London one of is my... a theater town. Like that's all it they is. do. Yeah. <laughs> luckily one of my classes is going to be dramatic criticism. So they're going to take oh, us to a bunch oh. of stuff. Yeah. Oh Lord. I, oh man, I, I would love to hear what you have to say about any of that stuff. So, well, yeah, it's going to be really fun. Well, I enjoyed this conversation so much, Elsie. And Me too. Uh, break a leg or whatever they say in the theater. <laughs> Thank you so much. Enjoy these next three nights of this production. And uh, and I'm, I am cheering for you. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for coming on and making my Thursday fun. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> oh, I'm going to have to try to get over to the Schwarzman Center and catch some of this. Uh, you know, I want to see what they do with the March sisters uh, in this day and age. So anyway, that's the show today, good people. I'm back tomorrow. Uh, I won't be here at nine because Harry has a doctor's appointment. <laughs> but I will be here at 10.15 because I have Kevin Walton uh, coming on to talk about uh, this uh, this youth summit that's coming up. And uh, and I and I want to get into it with him. So so tune in tomorrow at ten fifteen. Uh, it'll be a rerun at nine, but ten fifteen we'll be back live. So I will see you then. Have a good one. Enjoy your Thursday and stay dry. This is uh, Buffy Saint Marie. Y'all know her. <laughs>